0: Why is it that all plumbers seem to be cowboys? Is it even true? And if it is, what's causing it? Now, before I go any further, I would like to give an apology to cowboys, who are no doubt hardworking, diligent people, roaming the plains, rounding up cattle. They do not deserve to be maligned by being coupled with plumbers, builders. They must get heartily fed up with it. It's a term we gotta use because it seems to be a term that sticks. Most people have heard of cowboy plumbers, cowboy builders, they do everything they can to avoid coming in contact with them. But still it persists. Still we get loads and loads of emails in on Skill Builder from people who've had Cowboy jobs done, they've had a shower fitted, it's been leaking a few weeks later, and they're mightily fed up, they get on the phone to the plumber, the plumber won't come back, he's had the money, he's off. Now that is a cowboy. Now there are two types of cowboy. There's the guy who gets up in the morning and he thinks, do you know what, I'm gonna go rip off as many people as I can today, I'm gonna make as much money as possible. Charging people twice as much as he should. The other kind of cowboy you get is people who are just plain incompetent. Perhaps they haven't been trained in the job, perhaps they're just not very good, not very intelligent people. Perhaps they don't keep up with the trade, they don't read the instruction booklets, that kind of thing. They go out and they couldn't do a good job if they tried. So you've got those guys who may be even well-meaning, they may go around thinking, I'm gonna do a good job, and then their pipes leak and everything else. Now, if they come back, not so bad, but if they don't come back, that's terrible. But those other guys who just go ripping people off, they could actually probably do quite a good job sometimes, but they charge you way too much money. Money. Now, what is too much money? What you think is too much money might not be too much money for the plumber. The plumber's got his overheads, he's got to pay for his holidays, he's got to pay for his van, he's got to pay for his insurance, he's got to pay for those stolen tools. Well, someone's got to pay for them, and it's gonna be you. That's the way it works in life. So those plumbers who are hard pressed, working maybe 40 hours a week for not enough money, going around doing free estimates for time wasters who don't even employ them, all those things build up, and the plumber says, Do you know what? Last year I was charging 30 pounds an hour can't live on 30 pounds an hour so i'm going to charge 40 or maybe 50 or 60 if he's in london 60 pounds an hour is not unreasonable because by the time you've got your congestion charging you've got all the aggro with parking you've got parking fines makes you more and more reluctant to go and work in city centers and things like that what can we do to avoid cowboy plumbers well there are all kinds of schemes set up now aren't there there's checker trades my builder my Plumber, whatever you've got which use social media to try and share the feedback on people and try to rate people and make sure that the good guys rise to the surface and the bad guys sink. Does that work? Well, to a certain extent it works, but some of them haven't even got an address. They're not traceable in any way, but you look at their vans, they're all lovely sign written vinyl vans, checker trade on there, they've got a member of this, member of that institute of plumbing and heating, anything you like, gas safe, all that stuff, complete nonsense. They're just sticking stickers on their van. Don't be fooled by that. Again, you need to find somebody who's been recommended. 95% of the guys I know are good guys. Some of them are a hell of a lot better than me in terms of their skills. What we do find is that this idea of the cowboy plumber, the cowboy builder endures. And we have to think about why that is. I think to some extent, it's media driven. Not totally, I'm not blaming the media totally. I did actually work for the BBC, ITV and other people tracking down cowboy plumbers. I worked on Rogue Traders, I worked on Watch, Dog, I've worked on House of Horrors, all those kind of things. I started life as a plumber I went into journalism while I was still plumbing, I was writing articles for plumbing magazines and reviewing products even books sometimes. So that brought me to the attention of the television people and they said to me, do you want to come and work for us? We're going to be catching cowboy plumbers, you can set the traps up and you can hide in the loft and then you can commentate on them as they rip in the public office. So I thought, oh great that's lovely. So I started doing this and then I got plumbers saying to me, do you know what mate, that's not very nice because you suggest that all plumbers are cowboys. And I thought, yeah, they're right. That's 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 a false impression. So I would say to people in the BBC and the ITV and whatever, I'd say to them, do you know what? Can't we just sort of temper this a little bit? Can't we just say at the beginning of it when Anne Robinson introduces the piece, say we just say, look, we fully understand that the majority of tradesmen out there are good, hardworking, diligent people, but there are a few cowboys out there and we're gonna go and catch them. Now, that was what I wanted. But would they do it? would they hell? So they would give this impression that there were cowboys all over the place out there. And I struggled to try and get them to temper it and they just wouldn't do it. And the danger of that is that you've got some old lady whose heating has broken down or she's got a leak, she's got water pouring through her ceiling and she's terrified of calling out a plumber because she's been watching all this nonsense on television. I did a job for one particular, I can't say which particular program it was because I signed contracts. What I will say, there's a very well- well-known program. We spent a whole week in the house. We spent three days rigging the house out with hidden cameras so we could catch the rogues. And then we got hold of a trading standards list of rogue people and we started going through them, phoning them up, getting them round to do some little job that I'd set up, the little thing that I'd done which was very quick and easy to fix, but see what they would make of it. So we got to the end of the week, everybody that had turned up, even the known rogues, had turned up, done a reasonable job. Sometimes they hadn't even charged what they said they were gonna charge and just went, oh no, no, it's all right, though. They just give us 20 quid. And they turn out to be good guys, a lot of them. Even the cowboys don't rip every single person off. Maybe they just do people who look like they got a lot of money or people that they plainly don't like. So if you wanna avoid cowboys, be likable. Give them a cup of tea and be a bit warm towards them. Anyway, so we got to Friday. The producer's been on the phone every day. How's it going, how's it going? No, we haven't got anybody, we haven't got anybody. Thousands and thousands of pounds going. We're all staying in hotels, we're all being paid. Cameramen being paid, everybody's being paid. So you can imagine that that bill is just going up and up and up and up. They're desperate. By the end of the week, they're desperate to get a cowboy plumber and they haven't got one. So Friday afternoon, poor hapless guy turns up. He does a little bit of a job and he says, you know what? I shouldn't really leave that boiler in that condition because uh, it needs a bigger brick." But it was in a boiler house. It wasn't causing any problem. It wasn't showing any signs of carbon monoxide. Air starvation wasn't a problem. In fact, it had a gap around the door which they don't allow to come into the calculations. It just wasn't by the book. The plumber said, I really should close it down and you should get the airbrick changed. The actress that was playing the part, she went, oh please don't do it, I don't want to be on my own in this house freezing cold. He took pity on her and he said, look, so long as you promise me you won't go to the boiler house, on Monday morning you'll book a call from this company and get someone around to change the air brick. And he said, and if you do that, he said, I'll leave the heating on and the hot water on for the weekend for you. So she said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And off this poor guy went, lovely fella. And they went, oh great, we got him. He's left the boiler in an illegal condition. And I said, no. No way, I am not gonna lend my name to that. You know, I'm not gonna stand there and say this guy's done wrong. He'd done the honorable thing, he'd made sure the customer was safe. It wouldn't even be one in a million chance, be way over that, that any harm would come to the householder. He's told her not to go into the boiler house. Why would she go in there? Anyway, but that's how desperate they were to find someone to put on their program. And of course, at that point, we parted company. I did do another series for the BBC. And on that series, I said to them, look, I'm not gonna do this unless you say at the beginning of every program, the majority of tradesmen are good, honest people, hardworking and there are just a few cowboys out there. They didn't want to say it, but they kind of went, all right, we'll do that. Got it written into the contract. So they had to say it every time they became known as Rogers. But in that way, I at least achieved some balance. That television company went off and found some other mug who was willing to malign plumbers for a while. And that's how it goes on. And actually I did get called up last year by a television company and they said, oh, we want to do this thing with cowboy plumbers, catching cowboy plumbers. And I said, really? It's such a tired format. Why don't we do something good? Why don't we show good guys problems that people have got and how we're going to solve them? That's more useful to people. You know, if they've got radiators that won't heat up and we can show them some little tip or technique that, that helps them. I know it's a bit of a DIY show and it's not what they want. It's not going to get the ratings. That's what it's all about, the ratings these days. But of course, YouTube has proved them wrong because people are flocking to YouTube and deserting the television station. So you reap what you sow, TV people. So that's my view on cowboy plumbers and cowboy tradesmen in general. Will we ever get rid of them? Will any form of legislation that the government can dream up do anything to stop this Cancer, If you like my view is that everything the government gets involved in whenever they try and get some kind of scheme to eliminate Cowboys to register tradesmen and so on. It doesn't really work I would say that gas safe has been a bit of a success in the end It didn't start out a success because when Corgi was first brought into a private organization It was part of British gas and of course when they privatized British gas They had to get rid of Corgi outside of the British gas envelope because it couldn't be run by private company So it formed its own private company and some very clever people who were working for British Gas at the time said to the government you know we can run this Corgi organisation it's not gonna cost you a penny we can run it. it can be funded by plumbers and it'll do the, the job and, and we can make everybody join it if they want to carry out gas work. Music to the government's ears, because it solved the problem and it didn't cost them any money. The problem was, if they weren't doing anything to stop the cowboys, all they would do is taking money off plumbers, and there wasn't even a regulation in there which said how much money. So the sky was the limit. As far as Corgi was concerned, they could charge what they want. So 180 quid, 280 quid, doesn't matter. We just keep charging them. We've got, and, and some of those people who ran Corgi made a lot of money, and I became a thorn in their side because I was working for the trade press and I started saying, this is wrong. You guys are not doing anything to stop the cowboys. All you're doing is forcing people to join your organization. They got no representation on your organization and I think it's wrong. So what I actually did is I took them on They hadn't ever prosecuted anybody for not being a member of Corgi. They had not tried to make people compliant. If anybody complained against those people, all that the HSE would do was send them a letter saying, you must join Corgi. And of course, Corgi didn't even chase them. Corgi wasn't in the business chasing them. They said, oh, it's the HSE that's at fault. You had to go to the HSE, the HSE weren't interested. They hadn't got a staff, they are under-resourced. So this whole situation was left that all the mugs, all the honest people were being penalized because they were joining Corgi. And all the people who didn't bother weren't being penalized. They were just carrying on as normal. So what I decided to do was become a lamb for slaughter, if you like, I notified the HSE. I said, I'm leaving Corgi. I'm not going to renew my registration and I'm going to continue fitting gas boilers. So they sent me a thing saying, you must not do that, desist from doing that, cease and desist, we will prosecute you if you carry on. I carried on and I said to them, I carried on, I didn't carry on actually, I pretended I was carrying on, but I said to them, I've just installed a gas boiler, prosecute me. And in the end, I forced them into court, not between Corgi, but between myself and the HSC. The judge was baffled, all three of them actually, the the, the magistrates or whatever, They they were baffled by the whole thing. But I said, look, all I'm trying to do is force these guys to act. I'm trying to force them to do what they're pretending they're doing, which is to stop unregistered gas installers from installing gas appliances. And while we're at it, stopping DIYers doing it, because DIYers were still legally entitled, allowed to go into a plumber's merchant to buy a gas boiler, install it in their own home. There was no legislation which covered that aspect of it. I know it's been changed now, but that was the situation then. And I said, this is plain wrong. And the HSE in court stood up and said, well, we can't really control what people do in the privacy of their own home. That's absolute nonsense. I said to them, have you ever heard of Ronan Point? For those of you who are too young to remember Ronan Point, it was a block of flats in London that blew up because of a gas explosion. Prefabricated flats that went up very quickly and they just fell apart. So they started taking gas out of high-rise after that. So again, knee-jerk reaction, but it didn't do anything. And the HSC hadn't really twigged that it was a problem if you installed a faulty gas appliance and you blew up your neighbor's house. Absolute nonsense. But it just shows how poor they are at thinking these things through and legislating. I've had a little rant, I've had a big rant actually. Are we ever gonna get rid of cowboys? No. Are there things we can do to avoid them? Yes. Use your common sense, get a recommendation, get a quotation, use your judgment. I mean, if you see a guy who's sent you an estimate and it looks like it's been done on the back of a fag packet, badly spelt, badly written, and all the rest of it, you've got to trust your instincts with that. They may be a perfectly good guy, but chances are he's not. And if they don't give you an address, that's another problem. You really want to know where those people live. So there's loads and loads of fly-by-nights out there. And of course, mobile phones make that a lot easier. But the good news is that social media some ways has come to our rescue because we can share this information. There are forums, there are all kinds of other things like Mumsnet and so on, where people can say, oh my God, I was ripped off by this cowboy plumber. The bad news does travel. So there are some soft-hearted plumbers like me. I did that once for an old lady. I did a tap washer for her. She said, how much do I owe you, dear? I said, oh, just give us a fiver, that'll be all right. So she gave me a fiver, she gave me 50p tip. The following week, I got one of her friends phoning up saying, hello, are you the plumber that changes tap washers for five pounds? So I was stuck then, wasn't I? Another old lady I went to, thought, uh, same thing, she looks like she's on her own, she's not doing too well, living in this big house. I did the job very cheap before, and she said, I'll have to give you a cheque, oh great. So she gave me a cheque, I looked at the cheque, and I said, that name's familiar to me. So what do I know that name from, the surname? And she said to me, oh, we've got the bookies in the the next town, you know, the bookmakers. And I said, well, to tell you the truth, I didn't really charge you enough money, I felt a bit sorry for you, I felt felt you were skinned. As you were a bookie, I said, how about double or nothing? Double the bill or nothing on the toss of a coin. And she said to me, oh no dear, I never gamble. (laughs) Do come back and see us soon because we've got loads more coming up on Skill Builder.